tier at too. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so very good. Um, how long have you been married? Uh, married since uh, uh, 2015. So we just had our nice. our what our eight year uh, anniversary last month. Uh, congratulations! And yeah, thank you're you. how old? You you look super young. Yeah, I'm 38. Um, uh, and everything. So I get a little bit of a different range and stuff, but I'm I'm 38. I've been uh, in the. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your visions. Hey, hey, happy Friday, Vision Pros. Welcome in. I'm your host, Jackson Callum. We're on Vision Pros Live on a special bonus episode this week. I got a new friend named Jeff Schwartz that I just couldn't pass up on. I was like, man, I got to get him on this show. This is going to be a fun topic. It's one that I've known about for marketing for more than 10 years um, and, and been looking at on the fringes, but I've never actually tapped into the potential of it. I've never seen the technology implemented at small businesses and one of the reasons why it's just been too it's been too ineffective cost wise to implement um the, those who know how to use it super well are typically working at blue chip stock companies like best buy um, or big retailer out, outfits so if you're in the small business space you only ever knew people who kind of dabbled in it and they never really knew what they were doing to be honest um so with that said i'm excited to talk to him about what that technology is um before we go into that though sponsorships. We're super happy to be working with Epiphany of uh, Rick Meekins of Epiphany. He's the founder of that company. He's got another company called Converge Marketing. He is one of my best friends in life and ablehealth.us with Dr. Seth Yates as well. If you're looking for support for your health, definitely check out what we're building over at ablehealth.us. Super great system, especially for those who um, may have fertility issues, um, you know, who are looking to get pregnant, looking to expand their families. He's got a really great resource and system to help support those who are striving to um, build their families. And then of course, there's the Water Project. If you're not giving back elsewhere, make sure to check out what the Water Project is up to and help people in the world who do not have access to clean water, get the clean water that they need. It's super cool. And it's fun to see the impact that you have and to see the community build their sand dam or build their borehole well and learn how those processes work. Super helpful to, uh, you know, to provide that to people and it feels good too. So please do that. And without further ado, let's bring Jeff on. Hi, mate. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. We yeah, happy to be here, Jackson. Awesome, man. So we were talking a little bit about your age um, because I, I just you're so young. We need to find out too. probably apply them to Able Health. What in the world? What vitamins are you taking um, <laughs> because you look young? But um, is that a genetics thing or are you like super healthy too behind the scenes? Uh, uh, probably genetics and a little bit of, of being healthy. I, I, I'm 38. So, um, I also have a five and a seven year old. So the days of having the consistent working out and good diet that I used to have has, uh, deteriorated. And now it's more of a doing it sometimes when I'm feeling like I need it and then kind of relaxing. So like I did that indoor triathlon in March. Um, but since then I've been enjoying better foods and, and hanging out, uh, uh, with the kids and, and doing a little bit less of the working out. But, um, yeah, the main vitamin is vitamin D cause I got vitamin D deficiency as I get older. 
Hey, well, good to know. Uh, appreciate you, man. And and so let's talk about this. Let's reveal what this is, what we're talking about here. So in terms of the Legion technology that's been untapped by small businesses, we're actually talking about geofencing. And you've got a system that you've created called QJAM in addition to your marketing agency, Ethic Advertising. Um, so let's talk about Let's talk about QJAM a little bit. We'll have a video to showcase too, so people can see exactly how it works. And and yeah. uh, this, again, this geofencing thing has been talked about a lot in the marketing world for a long time, but I think most people have no idea what it is. So before we dive into Ethic Advertising Agency, let's hear about your vision for QJAM. Yeah, I think I think a good starting point is to explain a little bit about what it is, because because geofencing is a term that's been used in a different couple of different ways, and it has been technology that's been used around for a while. Um, it it predominantly directly um, is only kind of been able to be used by larger companies or agencies or vendors. Um, small businesses have had access to it, but they tend to run into well, if I have a smaller budget, I'm kind of gonna get much higher rates, up to 400% increases on margins of resale, um, or they have minimums, or they just aren't built on the best technology as well, too. Um, part of what we call the six closed doors of geofencing. And my agency, Ethic Advertising, has been in this space for, for five years and working on it directly mm -hmm. um, uh, and on what we consider some of the best technology out there uh, as well, too, through the simplified DSP. But what we realized as being the back end provider for geofencing.com, geoconquesting.com, having hundreds of conversations with a lot of uh, small businesses, we realized that we're not the right fit. Our closing ratio might have been like two or three percent on all of those conversations because they want to do it themselves. They don't meet our minimums as an agency um, and, and everything. So what I what I said is like, why doesn't somebody make this accessible to these these advertisers who clearly want it, who clearly know about it? Uh, and everything, but they just can't find the right fit that opens up all of those six closed doors of, of geofencing, as we call it. Now, to dive into what geofencing actually is, it's not just like geographic targeting um, with digital ads. It is hyper-specific. It's using GPS technology to pinpoint that somebody has been at a very specific location, such as a competitor's building, such as a park. Um, it doesn't have to be an actual address and everything. And that a device that has GPS turned on, uh, which about 90% of phones in America has have it turned on in the background, enters one of these locations, and then we can serve that device and any device connected to it, such as a TV, a tablet, another mobile device, um, a, uh, a, a computer as well too. Banner ads uh, or video pre-roll ads or OTT ads, little extra explanation, video pre-roll ads are going to be like if I go to the local news um, uh, website and play a video, it's a commercial that runs before it. OTT I'm is- say for the audience real quick, some of these terms are, are over my head. Yeah, some of these terms are going to be over a lot of the a lot of the audience's heads. So, guys, bear with us here. Um, again, this is one of the reasons why this is such an untapped market, too, is because we as human beings we have a fear of the unknown. Um, and so, one of my favorite quotes in life is a confused mind says no. But when we can create that gap between, okay, here's something that could be beneficial and understand it, it puts you in a position to be able to win. So, you mentioned OTT um, and some other uh, acronyms. Can you break those down a little bit one at a time? Yeah. Uh, OTT just stands for over the top television. And I'll honestly think about it as Hulu, Roku, Sling TV, like 30 second commercials that you see on there. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so the the other thing would allow us to get a commercial into Hulu 
um, for people who happen to live within a certain uh, certain zip code, for instance? Oh, no, it's more targeted than that. It's people that, um, let's say, went like if I am a restaurant and I want to target people who have been at other restaurants near me, it is actually drawing fences um, or geofences around those competitor locations to then identify, hey, this device that somebody had in their pocket was at another competitor's restaurant and then serving ads to them on that device plus any device connected to it too. So you could end up Hmm. on Hulu uh, seeing that streaming ad. So here I am with a restaurant on the San Antonio Riverwalk, right? So I've got my restaurant location and three restaurants away, somebody happens to walk in the zone of that restaurant and bing, they they get an advertisement with an offer to come to my restaurant and I, is it, does it work that instantly? So it's not that instantly the way that okay. we do it. Cause that's pretty intrusive. That's like, um, there used to be some SMS text messaging. So like sending a text of like proximity, uh, and stuff, and that can be done. Um, so what you're talking about is if someone subscribes to it, the technology that we utilize is more, um, less intrusive. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where we identified, Hey, this person was at this location and then they have to actually go to, a streaming services. They have to go to a website that has a banner ad or a video ad of some kind that has inventory there. And then we can serve them ads for up to the next 30 days as well, too. What's so, the duration before they're able to be targeted? So they could actually still be in that the the zone. They could be having a dinner. And if they open up their phone and start like searching around, looking at stuff, like maybe they open up the weather app to see what's right, going you on. Got a, you got the teenagers there that are using their phones, too. Um, yep. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's anybody that's going to be on there. So it can be uh, relatively quickly, um, uh, you know, as, as, as quick as while they're still in there, it's just about them then going to digest some kind of media that has those advertising options available for them. So I'm thinking like one of the, one of the really, really smart um, businesses right there on the river walk, I'll stick with the, with the yep. location here. Yep. Um, the San Antonio river walk has the boat tourist company. Um, mm-hmm. And so the Rio boat tours, they could be utilizing this, for instance, and people who are, you know, having a little bit of downtime or they're getting their food at the food court or whatever else, um, they happen to be watching Hulu and bam, a little offer or announce, hey, come back, come over to the do your, do your river tour while you're at it, right? Yeah. And I mean, to even expand upon that, they can geofence the airport and start serving ads to them before they even make it to to the, the River Rock, which is obviously one of the, the biggest tourist attractions in San Antonio. The Alamo can get targeted as well, too, uh, and everything. So and then you can utilize those three different mediums, the two different video options and the banner ad options as well, too to then serve ads to these individuals. Um, and for QJAM, you can set the start and end dates as, as well. So uh, a lot of multi-uses, that's a good example. It's also been very heavily utilized in uh, industrial B2B. It's it's utilized in other B2C type things. E-commerce is even good uh, as well. But the really cool thing about the, um, the example that you gave is that they have a physical location that they want people to show up at. So QJAM will actually use the same technology to say, hey, we served ads to those people. And then those people ended up at your location and tell you that information as well, too. So we call it conversion tracking. Perfect. And I do want to get into the attribution of that. Don't let me forget uh, to make time for that. If we're we're carrying on, you're like, hey, I want to get back to conversion tracking. That's perfectly appropriate, Jeff. Yep. Um, So I do also want to dive in real quick on the Big Brother talk a little bit. You know, um, people 
like you mentioned, the intrusive nature or the invasive nature of of that potential technology. I say that with the air quotes, knowing that um, we, we all have technology that is already quite invasive into our lives. Not mm -hmm. to disrespect the fact that we should be careless, but to point out that a lot of this data is already out there. Um, you know, it's not a matter of the technology um, creating the data, you know, or making the data happen. I, I don't think, but I, I don't want to lead too far down that road. What do you think when you when you hear people talk about privacy and, and being worried about what this technology could do? Can you reveal to us both some of the good, bad and ugly? Yeah, and there's definitely um, privacy measures that should be taken. And um, different states actually have different laws around this uh, in some sense. Like some of them actually have laws where you cannot geofence health facilities um, mm -hmm. as well, too. So mm -hmm. there's um, there's some uh, things that are kind of floating around to help regulate that. There's also self-regulation of the technology that we use in us as well, too. Um, we don't collect and we cannot when you say self-regulation. You mean we can take better measures ourselves to protect ourselves than we probably currently are. So there, there's that version of self-regulation from the user standpoint, because in America, it's an opt-out method for GPS tracking. So if you are ever on your phone and it says, hey, we want to use your location to you know, give you a better experience on this app, or you're using the map or whatever it might be, and you turn it on, well, you turned on GPS tracking that allows people to identify that. There are parameters that you can actually go into your phone and turn that off to protect yourself. There's also ad blockers that you can implement as well, too. So there's a lot of great self-regulation regulation and freedom that individuals have, but also there's self-regulation for me as a company and my partners as a company as well too, to do the right thing. So we don't layer on any personal data or anything on top of the targeting. We don't collect any personal data as well too. It's all encrypted device IDs that all we know is that a device was in this location. So we're going to serve ads to that device and anything connected to it. I don't know if it was Jackson that was there or Joe Schmo or whoever it might be. So there's those mm -hmm. things that are involved, but geofencing does get lumped into on the advertising side of things into things like um, that I find fascinating of like military and government tracking of people's phones. There's even um, uh, issues with uh, police forces uh, tracking uh, suspects phones that have been near a crime scene at a certain time as well too, which you know, they're working on getting warrants for as as well. And um, and that health thing as, as well, too, you don't really want somebody that has a private kind of health thing going on to all of a sudden their families to be getting served ads on the TV if they haven't shared it as well. So there's right. laws that are helping regulate it. There's self-regulation on the individual level, on our level as well, too. So there's a lot of focus on privacy and a lot of what we do. And, and I like to remind people, I named my my legacy company, Ethic Advertising Agency, to try to ensure that we're doing things the right way is to just serve ads to people who are probably going to like that, but also respect privacy and understand that there are certain things that maybe we uh, we should um, attend to. So even though QJAM is self-serve, like people are doing it themselves, it's completely automated, except we do check all of the campaigns before they go live. We check the creative, we check the URL, we check the targeting of it as well too, to ensure that there are legal compliance with um, those state regulations, as well as COPA to protect children. Like you cannot geofence um, a location that has more than 50% um, uh, estimated children populations, so like an elementary school and HIPAA laws as well too. So there's a lot of protection that we do for the advertisers, but there's also even more protection with the end user in mind to just give them a better experience to serve ads that they 
maybe are interested and want to have and not be that intrusive. But there is the big brother aspect. We are using GPS satellite tracking like spies. Sure. Well, and gentlemen, the good news is um, if you're going to that specialized clinic uh, and you end up at home, you're not going to see a whole bunch of ED ads. Um, So so don't worry, guys. Um, All right. So uh, I want to dive into one more thing before we check out the, the preview. Why is all of this important to you, Jeff? And, you know, from a personal standpoint, why do you care? So, you know, Ethic Advertising is a small business. There's 15 of us and, and everything. And and I, I care because I'm, I kind of have been in, the, as I've grown the company from one person to where we are, I care because I didn't have access to all the resources I have now. And there's still things I don't have access to that big corporations have. So, I, there's one part of me that's for this technology in particular that just wants to give people an opportunity to have the technology that they're thirsty for without them feeling like they're forced into a contract or without them feeling like, or not in feeling like, but actually having somebody, you know, have to justify the the people that are pulling the levers on the back end to get the cost. So a small budget maybe has a 400% markup. So why I care is because I feel like there's a desire and a need for it to service these smaller businesses and these smaller marketing departments and smaller agencies to give them this technology that's available um, on the more human side of things. And on the business side of things is I feel like there was a significant gap and a desire for that where as a business owner, I can profit off of, but do it the way that I've always done it, do it where it's yeah. respectful and that it's actually a win-win for everybody and not a greedy kind of money grab for me as, as well too. There's a lot of risk that goes into creating tech. This is our first endeavor into it. We are a service-based industry and company that has now gone into the tech side of things as well too. A lot of learning, a lot of self-funding um, for this on me as well too. I didn't take any capital. I'm not looking to raise money right now or anything like that. I'm looking to provide a service for a need that I think will better small businesses and improve uh, people's advertising campaigns. And along the way, as a business owner, yeah, I want to profit from it and make it into this big thing yeah. and and level up my company. As you should, as should others that are in the market. <clears throat> you know, this is a we live in a world of abundance. There's a lot of oxygen out there. There's a lot of water, um, and it's important to stabilize yourself as you're helping others. So, um, the more you can do that, the better service you can provide to people as well. So, I'm all, we're all for that on this show. Um, yeah. Now, one, uh, Jaime, do you mind pulling up real quick? I want to pull up Jeff Spile because he talks about in there how he started his agency or he had this idea for an agency as a teenager. Um, and he knew he wanted to go into it. But what really caught me in there was the humble aspect, the humility of understanding the value of your teammates and understanding that, you know, you you wanted to be there to serve and help others, too. So um, we're going to pull that up in just a second. Um, there was another volunteer opportunity, too, that I wanted to, to look at on there. But what what strikes me is that there's there's just not a lot of business out there, uh, business owners out there who uh, I shouldn't say that. On the verse, there's a lot of business owners out there who do value their teams, but there's so many people who are so loud and only about themselves, it seems, based on their posts. And here in your own bio, um, you know, what you said here is, you know, this is about my teammates, my clients, my vendors, and making other people's pursuit of happiness come to fruition. I love that. Um, And I was like, dang, like this is the exact type of person I want to be friends with my whole life. Um, so Jeff, 
where when did you start developing that mindset? Is that something that came early on? Is that something that came later? And you know, how how did you find that mindset? Was there a trigger for it? Yeah. So I don't know why, but it was always with me early on. Um, as I've studied and educated myself and came up with my own kind of self-awareness, I've been able to define it and put construct around it. But you're right. I, I knew that I wanted to run my own agency when I was, um, I think 20. So not quite I, just out of being a teenager in mm -hmm. college, I had a great internship at a, at a small agency called the next, uh, level in, or sorry, the next wave in, um, uh, uh, Dayton, Ohio. I went to school at University of Dayton. And, uh, and I said, I love the aspects of the creative and the analytical and the entrepreneurial side of things. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. But I also realized I didn't have the money. I didn't have the skill set. Who's going to trust this, this 20 year old kid and everything. So I changed my minors around and my major and kind of focused on, uh, education, building that up then spent almost a decade working for um, CBS television in Dallas and in Pittsburgh. And in between that, I was a media buyer and a planner for um, uh, agency that's no longer around called Levinson Hill, which was a great experience working on like Church's Chicken and Zales Jewelry and kind of collecting the experience, the, um, the experience, but also the capital. I got into flipping houses. I got into, I bought a duplex. So the top half of the duplex was paying for my mortgage. So when I launched Ethic in 2014, I needed to make $17,500 to maintain the lifestyle that I had. So I worked a long time to have this vision and this plan and everything to kind of create this. So I've always been big on long-term vision planning. You and I have talked about the EOS system from Traction with Gina Wickman, which is a great book for any business owner um, that talks about a little bit. Uh, and then I started to educate myself more and more as my team grew. And as I figured out, I, I love the advertising and the marketer side of me. I love the entrepreneur side even more. I love allowing people to um, do good work and giving them the, the resources and the space to do that as well, too. So as I've gotten and traded more of my doing time and giving that to other people who are better at me at that stuff and got to be able to do more visionary work and more planning work and everything, I put a lot of focus into that. And one of the things that I've taken from that traction book is the long-term vision planning, but also mission statements and core values are very big for my business. But I realized that should be very big for me as a person. So figuring out what my vision is and what um, my mission statement as a person and as what my core values are, you know, my personal mission statement is to along the way, better people, allow them to succeed and everything on my venture to make what I call FU money, which I, I stole from Lucy Liu, which is money that enough money to say, eh, F you, I don't need to do it. I want to do what I want to do. So I do want to do that. But I don't want to roll over anybody on the way. And then when I do accomplish that, all I want to do is focus on giving back. That's my main purpose. That's my main goal. I was able to define it. I was able to set the uh, core values for myself and with my team for my business that are the rules for us to kind of complete our missions with that. And putting it on paper has been very, very powerful. So it was there when I was young. But I figured out as I've been getting older and older and older, and I'm super excited because I was just talking with somebody the other day who's who's um, one of our younger individuals. And I was like, Katie, like, like you're young. Like I think about past Jeff who I'm like, oh, he's so cute and, and innocent and everything. Even like a year ago, what I've learned in a year is so much and that's going to continue. So I'm excited about the knowledge and the wisdom that future Jeff is going to get as well too. 
Awesome, man. All right, let's dive into this uh, preview, Jaime. Uh, if you got the video pulled up, we'll go ahead and watch um, a little bit about the program and we'll go from there. So let's pull up QJAM. Jaime, I surprise you with this too. Um, so if you need a second, I totally get it. Um, whenever you're ready, just cut me off. But um, QJAM, self-serve geofencing advertising. Um, and we're going to watch the preview video to see how this works as an explainer video that walks you through the story, uh, through in, in story mode, what it could look like, how it could apply to your business. And I'm excited to dissect that myself. Um, and uh, I'm going to pull Jaime on as well in a minute just to see if he needs uh, help with this. Do you need any help with it, brother? Uh, I have it pulled up, but I'm not sure if it's the right video. All right there on the QJAM homepage. Yep. Okay. It's the Let's right one. Here. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Oh, you know what? The audio is not playing nicely. Let's see here. I need to ask to, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. There we go. Jaime, um, audio is not playing nicely. Is there a button like on Zoom to play the audio for it? Or do we need to include it in the post-production version? Your call. I don't think, I don't know if Jaime can hear me. Jaime, can you hear us? I, I can hear you, sorry. I, I can hear you. Was... Yep. Oh, the, uh, I can, the video, can hear you fine. Play the, uh, were you play not the audio? The, just like on Zoom, you know All how right. it blocks the audio. Um, so yep. I think what we'll need to do is we'll probably need to download it and include it in the post-production. So those of you who didn't get to see it live know that we'll be sharing it. Of course, you can go to QJam.com and catch that video. Um, let's try one more time, see if there's one other way to, to share it. James. James owns there a doggy daycare, and he's looking to increase his customer base. James's doggy daycare caters to pups of all shapes and sizes, but they are always dropped off by pet parents who live or work nearby. These dog owners are also traveling to other close locations like pet stores, dog parks, the vet, and even James's competitors. If only James could find a secret upgrade to reach these potential customers. Something that puts his brand and special offers in front of these people easily, quickly, and inexpensively. Something like QJAM's G first and only 100% self-serve geofence advertising platform built for small and medium businesses. In other words, it's James's new cheat code to serve display and digital video advertising to people who have been at an ultra specific location. It's game on for James as he follows QJAM's simple step-by-step -step format to draw geofences around his local competitors, dog parks, vet clinics, and pet stores. Now, when someone enters one of these locations, the QJAM system will serve banner, streaming video, and video pre-roll ads to those individuals for up to 30 days on the device that entered the geofence and any other device connected to it. Soon, potential customers start seeing James's ads and his leads and brand awareness start their upward trajectory. His web traffic increases, appointment bookings begin to fill, and QJAM can even track when someone who saw his ads entered his physical location. Excellent work, James. Was it difficult, James? 
That's right, because you don't need to be an advertising wizard to use QJam. You just need to be equipped with the following. A business that sells stuff, a website, display, and or video ads, a knowledge of where your potential customers physically are, and the internet. Reduce your advertising waste, increase leads, improve brand awareness, and equip yourself with the easiest way for your business to affordably use geofence advertising. Up your company's game with QJAM. Self-serve geofence advertising for all. There we go. Yeah. Well done on the video, yeah, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah. That, so just want to give a quick shout out. So Jake on my team um, uh, had put that together and everything. Uh, he did such a great job. I'm, I'm so proud of him. So I want to give him a quick shout out and everything. So that just makes me happy to, he did. to see Did he write that. the script? Um, so there was uh, three of us that kind of co-wrote work on the scripts. Uh, me, Patrick, um, uh, uh, who works on uh, specifically QJAM and helps actually connected us initially. And then uh, Jake is one of our creatives that that um, has just he's been awesome seeing him develop with his animation uh, style and everything. So they did a, a great job helping me get that together. Nice. Who started the framework of the script? I got to know. Um, it was a bit of a collaboration. I would say Jake started it. Um, I did some rework on it because we really developed mm -hmm. it into the style because we actually use this in contingence with our brand development of what as well to figure out, well, what kind of feel do we want? So unlike, you know, some of the other script writing and video production and animation that we do where the brand is already maybe developed, um, there is a little more in-depth kind of nature because we were also developing the animation, the color palettes and, and everything. Right. And I was like, I really want an explainer video because it's a complex thing that the whole point of this is to make it simple and accessible right. to small businesses. It's needed and it does paint a very clear vision. So I'm going to dive into some of the specifics on there. It talks about the video ads and the display ads. Um, one of the, the opportunities for further content for QGM is developing, of course, the case studies, which you may have, um, you know, and, and integrating those in a way that's easy to um, digest, as well as, you know, specific metrics. What types of goals can businesses um, anticipate? I don't say expect on purpose, anticipate achieving, um, you know, what's are there averages that have been figured out already? Um, you know, let's start with, and is it different for video ads versus display ads? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And this is a topic that can can use a, a really long conversation. So I'll try to keep it short yep. and sweet. Um, one of the things that, that we are actively continue to work on is continued education on the website with articles, information of both how to use it, but also how to um, excel in, in the QGM platform and geofencing. So there there is a difference in some of the data that you, that, that is collected as well as the um the use of video ads versus banner ads Jeff, also only to support you on this Jaime, yeah. if you can start pulling up uh resources on qjam while just talking and maybe go through some of the blog posts or resources that exist it'd be great go ahead jeff yeah that'd be awesome so um you got to think about it this way. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about display ads. So national average or world average um, and a display ad for the common user is. So if you uh, open up an app on your phone, like the weather app or, or something, or you go to a, um, any kind of website that has like a box with an ad at the 
top or the bottom or the side. Those are often referred to as banner ads or display ads. So that's kind of what I'm referring to. Perfect. Um, not as impactful as video because video has motion and emotion and audio that can be in there, but you can get a lot more of them. So it really helps out with um, reaching a larger population, we call it reach, and reaching individuals more often, we call that frequency. So one of the things that's interesting with display ads is the, um, it's called the, the click-through rate or the percentage that somebody will actually click on this ad versus not nationally is 0 0.05 to 0.08%. So a very small percentage of people actually click on the ad. So a lot of the value is actually just getting that ad in front of somebody so then they can talk about it with their friends or family so that they go to Google and search it. Um, so uh, next time they were walking down the street or driving by, they're like, oh, I just saw something for that as well too uh, and everything. With geofencing, we see that tend to be um, honestly double uh, roughly what those results are. So a little bit better click-through rate because it's a little bit more targeted than the average uh, as well too. But then there's also actions. So we will report on if you have a physical location, how many people have actually ended up in your location. That's that conversion uh, data that we were talking about as well too. So someone sees an ad and then they end up at your location. As long as you have that set up in your uh, profile or on a campaign level, you'll be able to see that information uh, as well. Traditionally, on the 0.08%, what's the cost per click for traditional display ads? And what's the cost per click for the double rate through geofencing? Oh, so that's a really good question. So um, these are actually, uh, uh, the, the, the rate is actually more focused on cost per thousand because it's really the impression that has more of the value and the click tends to be um, uh, more secondary. So uh, QGEM right now is for display ads, I think is like $9 cost per thousand on average. Um, OTT, and that's that's what we're estimating as the max. We 98% sure. of the time, uh, we come below that. Um, Video pre-roll, I believe, is somewhere in the neighborhood of like $30 and OTT is somewhere around 60. But that's our estimates. They, they're actually uh, ending up a little bit less than that as as well, too. Uh, and that's the cost per thousand just means the time. If, if I serve your ad a thousand times in one of these mediums, what is that cost uh, and everything? So really just Do you a know what it is that. as well for the for the traditional display ads by chance. Sorry, can you say one more time? Do you know what that number is um, comparatively for the the other means of display ads? So it can really be be very variable based off of what platform you're using and what targeting you're using as well too. Um, honestly, it can go down to two dollars and fifty cents for display ads. It can go up to twenty dollars as well too for geofencing to for small businesses. What we find is that there's an average of roughly ten to fifteen dollars cost per thousand. So our goal, again, is not to, um, uh, you know, take advantage of people. So that's why we say, hey, we're not going to go over $9 and everything. Yeah. So it might be $7. It might be $8. So we try to make it very reasonable so you get more impressions. You get more people seeing your ads as well, too. The other thing that is a little bit different is these are all on bidding systems. So if you think about it, the machines, if, if we identify that there is somebody who is at a specific location with QJAM, that person is also potentially desirable to another advertiser or multiple other advertisers. So we're bidding for those positions. One of the things that we do on the back end is we tend to have higher bids than other vendors and other agencies to ensure that we're getting the top quality um, inventory that's available to us across 
hundreds of thousands of, of, of uh, publications and networks between the streaming and the websites and the apps. Um, we use a massive network across what we call multiple exchanges. So it's, um, it's referred to as a programmatic approach, bringing in a bunch of different publishers, AKA apps, websites, streaming services, and then just saying like, I don't really care what they're watching. I care who they are and then serving ads to them. The one caveat is, is we do not serve anything on uh, anything um, uh, that is undesirable. Explicit. So X rated, uh, anything like that, that is automatically blacklisted from it. That won't ever show up on it. Our, our ads won't ever show up on anything like that. Right. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, thank you. I know it's hard to pull up these numbers uh, on the spot. Um, and uh, I know there's not, not everybody's an analytic. Um, but for those that are, <laughs> I think we've addressed some of those realities. So on the video ad side, um, you know, what do, uh, what do click through rates um, and, and KPIs look like on that front? Yeah, so that's actually really good because um, there are not a lot of click throughs on um, on video. There's there's some on video pre-roll. There's really none on OTT because it's non-clickable inventory. Right. So a lot of, even though we're capturing the phone, um, for example, on the OTT side of things, because of the connected device nature, a lot of what we're running advertising months on is actually like their big screen in their living room, their TV. And you can't just go up and click on it and everything. So that's why with video, we recommend URLs, QR codes, something like that. But it's very similar to just buying cable TV, broadcast TV. It's just a lot more targeted because instead of buying broadcast, which is an entire market they have to buy or cable, which is maybe a zone or the entire market, it is hey, this person was at this specific location and then we're going to serve them a basically a TV ad um, when they are streaming their favorite show or movie. I'm going to blow people's mind a little bit in a way that's not comfortable for those who are listening. Uh, Jeff and I know something about advertising that, that you guys don't and you need to hear that loud and clearly. Um, we live in a market where the predominant ads that you see on Facebook and as a business owner, you're going to click funnels and sources like that. They are overly addicted to direct conversion campaigns. They are overly addicted to direct conversion campaigns. They are overly addicted to direct conversion. I can't say it enough. How many click funnel clients do you see at the Home Depot level, Allstate level, Google level, Facebook ads level? It almost never happens because they don't understand the value of branding and awareness campaigns. So we do need to turn to people like Jeff, though, to quantify and understand, okay, well, what's the value of these types of, of advertising mediums if you can't measure that like the, the direct click through conversion, how do you attribute success? And I know this is longer than a two minute conversation, Jeff, but to just yeah. start taking the lid off a little bit on OTT, what metrics would a business owner want to confide in to responsibly understand the growth they're getting out of such advertising? Yeah. I've always believed that you have to look at all data because everybody has different tracking systems and data and, and that they can kind of pull from. But the, the the beauty of it is, is to actually look at all of it and try to figure out what the story is. Um, and to give a couple of examples uh, that 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 you're talking about, I, I do not recommend using geofence advertising or any kind of what we call push advertising, pushing the message onto somebody unless you have um, a search component. So AKA you're using Google um, ads like pay-per-click and an SEO kind of conversion um, or, or SEO uh, tactic as well too, because we have seen us run programmatic digital advertising campaigns that's pushing a branding message in front of them. We've seen search volume go up as much as 20% because people are seeing it and then they're going to Google to search for it. So we highly recommend looking at 
the front end data that we provide from the campaigns. We recommend looking at Google Analytics or GA4 now because that's shifted over, over to that. Uh, we And your website traffic as, as well too. I also am a business owner. I recommend looking at sales. And this is one of the things that I will give guest lectures on and that I talk and that I believe thoroughly on. Um, Google search marketing funnel. If you're if you're watching this, because uh, and use it as a as a visual and everything, to where marketing funnel is really starts in with awareness to just build people's awareness and takes them through the whole sales process all the way to kind of retention. And if you think of the funnel as it narrows uh, and everything, it's really the process that your customers have to end up with purchasing, and then also even afterwards what the customer relationship is after that. My recommendation is, although my businesses focus at the top level is if you're going to analyze and you're going to look at um, a top level advertising campaign, you also need to analyze, do you have your funnel as sealed tight as possible? And it's actually better to look at the bottom, which is your customer service, and then going back to your sales process and everything, and then moving up the funnel into um, education with your website and your materials and stuff like that. And then you creep all the way up to just general awareness, right? So the more airtight, and less holes you have in the funnel deeper down, the more valuable those campaigns are of filling that funnel because more of them will reach it all the way down. So that brand awareness is important to get people into the funnel. But really, my recommendation is, is look at your sales, but don't look at it as a direct equation to advertising. Advertising does not sell for you. It allows you the opportunity. It gets you an at-bat sales and your customer service and your conversions deeper in the funnel is what actually sells a product. But there should be a direct correlation to where if you're filling more people into the funnel and your sales aren't going up, you have a couple of issues. The advertising you're doing is not working. You're not getting the right people into your funnel, which is a real option. Or maybe you have a sales issue or a customer experience issue. Maybe we're sending them to a website that isn't working properly and isn't converting them properly as well too. So um, when we're talking about analytics to look at, I highly recommend using these uh, advertising analytics as an opportunity to look at the entire marketing funnel, entire, entire sales funnel to plug holes. Because as a business owner, if you're watching this, or really even if you are a marketing person and everything, think like a business owner because that's the people you're working for that are making them happy. Right. and figure out how are we getting the best end results along with the front end and the back end data to kind of tell that story. Because if the front end, and the back end data is all you're looking at, there's a good chance that you will run a campaign that looks really good, that is not resulting in sales, and you'll end up with somebody who's not happy about it. Right. And if you're not in a position then as a business owner, what I hear, um, what I would advise as well, if you're not in a position to 2x, 3x or 10x, what it is that you're doing, this is not something that that you should be pursuing right now. Um, you need to get yourself in a position to where you can handle that volume, right? With a customer service standpoint, you need to be able to handle, you need to be able to have the sales reps too, to be able to take and convert those individuals. So if a 2X to you wouldn't mean very much because you're only at one customer, then this is not the type of opportunity for you. You mentioned search component. I believe what you meant by that as well was search strategy, um, mm -hmm. right? An effective working search strategy. Uh, meaning if, if you're converting well, leads that are coming through Google search um, and at a, at a high volume, the higher the volume and the better your search conversion is currently, the more, the more um, certainty you're going to have over this particular system working. Is that correct? 
Yeah, it is. And it can even be as basic um, when we're talking with about small businesses is if someone types in your name and you don't show up, you are you should not do any kind of push advertising like you like you shouldn't unless it's unless it's so direct um, uh, uh, that you can actually click to something and and stuff. So there are some exceptions, but for the most part, and I say that you shouldn't do that, I say because you should focus on, well, let's at least get some awareness when people are Googling us or trying to find us that they can actually do it as well too. So it's a priority yeah. thing. I'm saying don't. No, I got you. It. It's yeah. a great debate. That's one of the reasons why I want to bring you back, Jeff. So we yeah. can dive into more details for people as well, because, um, and I'll, I'll throw down a little um, uh, different equation to this. And that's because with Facebook ads, you can test on budgets as low as $1. Um, and so if you're using Facebook ads as a mechanism for research and development, which is exactly what our company does, then it's a fantastic way to make sure you're collecting votes. People hate advertising. And so if you can put an ad in front, front of your a cold audience that doesn't know you and test the irresistible nature of your offer and come to realize they're loving it, that same offer is going to bode really well for your warm audience rather than testing your messaging on your warm audience and potentially losing them. So um, it depends, again, on what the strategy of the medium is. Not many people use advertising to test their messaging though. Most of them go balls to the wall on it. They try to win right from the start. Um, and as Jeff's talking about, that's not an effective strategy because you know you haven't tested the rest of your funnel to make sure that you're well-prepared. So yeah, the ahead, other Jeff, thing with that thought. that you mentioned that I think is vital to this is the creative, the messaging. So we're talking so much about targeting and reaching the right people. Um, I have an analogy that it's like, like trying to find your, your spouse. And it's like dating and stuff. So if it all starts with, if you are not happy with yourself, if you're not happy with the business of how it runs, which we kind of talked about of like deeper in the funnel stuff, then you're not going to end up in a good relationship no matter what. So being happy with yourself is step one. Step two is kind of figuring out, well, how do I find the, the, the right person and everything? Maybe it's a dating app. Maybe it's going out. Maybe it's a, you know, a friend. So targeting is also important as well too, but then also, going in the mirror and planning what you're going to say and being comfortable, like talking about things and, and, and figuring out what the message is uh, and stuff, because what ends up happening is when you go on that first date, if you did not find the right partner, find the right person, and that's a, that's, that's not a good thing. It doesn't matter what you say and everything, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, that's not going to work out well. Uh, even if you guys end up together, it's, if they're the wrong person, it's definitely not going to work out well. And on the flip side, if they are the right person, you go there and you say the wrong thing, you stumble over words and everything, then it probably won't go anywhere either. So you have to have that combination of being able to say the right thing and be in front of the right person. And also in the advertising space, you got to you got to know that you can't be all things to all people as well, too. So you're going to reach people that the message is going to fall in deaf ears and that's OK, but you want to try to reach as many of the people that it's going to resonate with as possible and reduce your ad waste, which is where um, ethics, specialty of hyper-targeted digital advertising over multiple mediums comes into play. And then Q jams in particular with the, the location-based stuff. Dude. Awesome, Jeff. I hope you get the chance to watch the episode as well, uh, specifically for you, Jeff, uh, David Ramos. Um, his research goes hand in hand with the type of uh, level of business that you're running. Um, and I think you both make fantastic friends um, and have fantastic insight for each other and what you're doing. Um, that said, Vision Pros, thank you so much for tuning in. Jeff, we appreciate the wisdom that you've thrown down. Um, comment on this if you have any questions for us. Uh, we'll be bringing Jeff back in the future. Don't hesitate to reach out to him 
or to go look up QGM or Ethic Advertising Agency as well. And we will see you next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention. And